Years ago, we had a woman in our church group who was raised Baptist. She said that when she was about 16, she went forward at the Baptist church with her friends and they signed a pledge not to have sex until they were married. By the time she was 17, she was pregnant and unmarried. She married the man by whom she became pregnant. They had two children, and then they divorced. Then she met another man and married him. She became pregnant, and he did not want the child. So he wanted her to have an abortion. She scheduled the abortion, and she said all the way to the abortion hospital, she had hoped that he would call her and tell her that he had changed his mind. He did not call, and she had the, abor the abortion. About 20 years after the abortion, she said she was still troubled by this abortion. That's the way these sexual sins are. You think you can do these things and escape, but there are the memories that trouble you sometimes for the rest of your life. There are two things that I know of that can really give you strength. Neither one of them are your willpower. People think they have willpower and can live on that. That's not right. Most of the time, your own willpower will fail you. But there are two things that I know of that really work. One of them is the Word of God on this subject. And the other one is calling out to God for help in the time of temptation. Please don't let me do this. Please deliver me. Please help me not to do this. If you really mean that and you call out to God, I really have no doubt that he will help you. Let's look at the scriptures on the subject because Paul says sexual sins are different from all other sins. It's in 1 Corinthians 6. He says that sexual sins are against your own body. I believe it has to do also with memory that you just can't quite get free because you're at the time of sexual intercourse, you become one flesh with that person. Even if it's a prostitute, even if it's, so to speak, what they call casual sex, like today, casual sex is rampant for one reason, birth control pills. They don't have the fear of becoming pregnant, and that changes lots of things. But let's be led by the scriptures and controlled by the scriptures and by what's right in the sight of God. Looking at those scriptures, 1 Corinthians 6, Paul warned the men and by the way, this is not just for women because men are one flesh with a prostitute if they have sex with a prostitute. And if they're the church, whether they're men or women, it's, it's really important to do what is right in the sight of God. 1 Corinthians 6, Paul speaking to the men said, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? 
Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Even if that woman is a prostitute, you become one flesh with her at the time of sexual intercourse. Do you really want to do this? I know there's some type of inward penalty which continues, I believe, the rest of your life on this earth. Because how do you separate that woman from you after you become one flesh with her? There's some kind of penalty. Verse 17, 1 Corinthians 6, Paul says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Verse 18, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. So it's something you're going to have to live with, I believe, the rest of your life, even after you're born again. The sin is forgiven after you're born again, but there's still the one flesh to deal with. I hope that this helps some of you escape. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul said to avoid fornication. He told how to avoid it. So you can read that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 7. It starts at verse 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power over of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. The truths from the Bible, as I've presented you today, can help greatly. I never have heard anyone teach these things that are in the Bible. I've never heard anyone teach that at the time of sexual intercourse you become one flesh. I've thought for some time that that's what we should be teaching because I believe that is more powerful than anything that I've ever heard concerning sexual intercourse outside of marriage. I was in several different singles classes as I went through some of the church groups. I saw many, many sexual sins in the singles classes. I had one man tried to rape me once. We had gone to a church meeting and he came in the house for coffee. I was in the kitchen fixing the coffee and when I turned around he was standing there completely naked. He 
grabbed me and tried to make me have sex with him, I broke away, grabbed my car keys, and fled my apartment, just leaving my apartment unlocked. My soul meant more to me than my possessions in that apartment. This is someone who said he was a prophet, and he was in our church group, in the singles class, preying upon women. Our own Bible teacher was committing fornication unknown to us. He had been going to the bars and picking up women and having sex with them. When I found out about this, I went to him and I said, tell me about this girlfriend I've heard about. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes. And he was very evasive. And I finally just point blank said to him, are you having sex with this woman? And he said, of course. I said, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can have no more to do with you. I can't keep company with you. I can't be in your Bible class anymore. He said, that's right. He didn't care. What's to become of the soul of such a person? Why do I say I can't keep company with him anymore? Because that's what Paul said. 1 Corinthians 5, there had been fornication going on in one of the churches. And Paul said, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. I think we deliver them to Satan by doing just exactly what I did with this Bible teacher. I can't have anything to do with you anymore. Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. I did not see this man again, but I did hear from him, and he told me fornication was no longer a problem, which I took to mean his flesh had been destroyed. Paul says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, meaning of the word of God, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Then verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 5, I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters, for then you must needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a and one know not to eat, and I know he means know not to eat the word of God at church with them, don't have anything to do with them. He says that God will judge the world, but we are supposed to judge the church. And then he says, therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Yes, they are wicked, for they know fornication is a sin. Yet they do it anyway. 
Many young women live today as unpaid whores, having sex with one man after another without taking much thought for it. I'm afraid that many young women in the churches live as unpaid whores because I certainly saw rampant sexual overtures in the churches in the singles classes that I attended. Here's a scripture I came across recently that I thought was very interesting. Deuteronomy 23, verse 17. God says, There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel. Think about that, you young women. Are you going to be a whore and be in the church? An unpaid whore, that's even worse, isn't it? That should be even more shameful. But in the society we live in today, they have no shame. And so you get to thinking like they think. Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind to what the Bible says. Unfortunately, these things are not being preached at most of the churches, maybe not at any of the churches. I've never heard them preached at a church. I don't understand why not. Because sins, sexual sins, are one of the most rampant temptations in the church. And I just don't understand why a preacher wouldn't preach about this. I think it should be taught in singles classes really in every Bible class. The rest of that scripture says, well, let me read the whole scripture in Deuteronomy twenty-three seventeen. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel, homosexual of the sons of Israel. Both of these sins are rampant, homosexuals, lesbians. That's a sin, Romans 1. I've spoken about this many times, and I have several podcasts recorded about this subject, which you can hear. But I will read Romans 1 for us to reinforce us. We need to have the doctrines of Christ reinforced often because the sins of the world are so rampant in front of our face today. We need to keep before us the doctrines of Christ on these subjects. Turn with me to Romans 1, please. Let's start this at verse 20. For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You see the heavens, you see the earth. You see the mountains, you see the creation of God, even the human beings and the animals. So they are without excuse when they deny God. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie 
and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now let's read once again Deuteronomy 23:17. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. The church. I have written these scriptures out on our blog if you want to read them. Jesus Ministries Exhortations. I have twice written these scriptures out on recent writings on our blog. You can look at the archive on the right-hand side of the homepage and find Avoiding Sexual Sins, and you will see these scriptures. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.